You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 146 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with the globetrotting, jet-setting, island-hopping Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Valerie. How are you going? I'm good, but I have not been globetrotting, jet-setting or island-hopping. Do tell us where you've been. Uh, I've been to the Caribbean Val, yeah, island hopping around there. And can I tell Pretty you cool. what the highlight of my trip was? Go on. <laughs> there was a few. I mean, like, honestly, the beaches and scenery was, like, amazing and it was beautiful to have sunshine as I sit in, in, in like, seven degrees in Melbourne, mm-hmm. back in Melbourne again. But I was in the back of a cab, I think it was Barbados and driving along and the taxi drivers chatting to me, just pointing out different locations. And then he, I asked him a question and he answered with, yeah, man. And I'm like, oh my God, it's amazing. Just made me so happy to hear that. It's so uh, sing-songy. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just like beautiful. So had a good time, Val. And like, so while I've been away, you mm-hmm. have suddenly become a painter now, Val. Not, <laughs> and I'm not talking, you got the roller out and did the uh, the ceiling <gasps> in the walls, like full on stretched it like canvases and yeah. busting out the acrylics <laughs> and doing paintings. And because yeah. I saw a painting of apostrophes, a pink one. Yeah. I loved it. Like loved it, loved it, loved it to the point where how big is that? That needs to be big and huge and a, a mural somewhere. That's like would a writer want to paint about, but like apostrophes. It's just <laughs> so it, like, I just thought it was really cool. Well, thank you. I'm very much enjoying painting. It's my latest thing, but I'm still really, I, I think I've narrowed it down to weaving, macrame and painting that I'm quite enjoying and, yeah. uh, and just discovering all sorts of different forms of creative expression, I suppose. And then I take photos of them. <laughs> and how does this, uh, insp- inspire you? Like h- how has it changed, uh, dabbling in these other areas of creativity, has it made you more creative as a writer? I already know the answer to that, but I'm just going to ask you anyway. <laughs> I course, think it's right? just, it, well, yes, but I guess the longer answer is um, it makes you more creative as a person. So yep. apart from, 
whatever other pursuits you do, whether they're writing or photography or whatever, you start thinking about things differently in, you know, in business or, or yeah. in, um, you know, more technical things or on how you might approach uh, a particular problem that you need to solve or whatever. Yeah. So it's quite useful to, to do this kind of stuff to um, – let your creative expression come out through mediums that you're not usually doing, using or exploring because you never know what you might discover and what you can then apply to, you know, the stuff that you regularly do. So, yeah, very fun. Exactly. Mm. Great stuff. I'm I'm really pleased to see it. I think the importance of play, we forget how important it is in our life to just um, develop those creative skills and just do stuff just because there's no reason mm. for doing it, but it's just fun to do. Like, you know, mm. everything doesn't need to be serious and like you never know where it might lead you. Exactly. Now, did you shoot stuff while you were in the Caribbean, Gina? I did. I was did we was doing a lot of uh, shooting and um, I'm going to shout out to uh, the awesome crew of photographers that I work with, my Caribbean crew who were amazing. And they all listen to the podcast, Val, and they love you too. Uh, so, hey, guys. Uh, and, um, yeah, we, we did a, a heap of shoots, a uh, lot of long days, a uh, lot of cool stuff. Uh, so, yeah. It Is was, the water really like that colour yes, blue? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Really? Did yeah. you go swimming? And the beaches, like – there was one beach and I've, this this experience has happened to me a couple of times where I've looked and I'm like, I think that's one of my screensavers on my uh, Mac <laughs> computer. <laughs> like, it happened when I was in um, Cuba. I found a bit because there's like this whole series of images that Mac have obviously licensed as screensavers. And, I'm, and so it's like, oh, yeah, there's another one. I'm, I'm sure I've been to this beach before. So those beautiful mm. white sands and the gorgeous turquoise water and uh it's uh it's amazing did you go swimming uh, no, sadly, I, I got one swim and my layover back to um, when I was back in LA. But like during the whole time there, we just didn't get time to swim. And I was like, that, wow. that's the thing. Of, I know it's the thing about these glamour. They look so glamorous from the outside, but like you, you're working and, um, you know, uh, yes. just no time fell. Well, it is a little bit hard to podcast when you're uh, in the middle of the Caribbean, probably with patchy internet. So we're glad you're back, Gina. Uh, yes, it was very patchy internet. I was like getting uh, messages from uh, friends and family going, um, where are you? It's just like you've fallen off the uh, planet and it was like, uh, yeah, that's, yes. that's kind of nice to not have internet. Oh, well, we're glad you're back. And, I am um, back. And, and now back onto this week's podcast. And yep. uh, But before we move on to the main part of this week's podcast, which is really cool, it's about how to find your photography niche. We want to give a shout out to Paul Fro. Now, Paul kindly left us a review on iTunes called Inspiring and, Mo- and Motivating Podcasts. And Paul says, greetings, Gina and Valerie. I've only recently 
accidentally stumbled onto your podcasts, which I find absolutely sensational. I followed a number of other photography podcasts in the past, which tend to be focused on the gear and market trends. Yours takes it to a level I've been looking for. I'm still learning and growing in the art of portrait photography and would love to make a living out of it someday. I've learned so much from your interviews and tutorials. I want more. The only issue is that my 11-year-old daughter is not too pleased since I use her as my test model. (laughs) I've more ideas to try out since listening to your podcasts. I'm driving her crazy. Keep up the excellent work and snap with passion from Paul Fro. Thank you, Paul. That's awesome. Yeah, (laughs) that's made my day. (laughs) I know the look they give too when they don't want to – like the the – the photo face that uh, teenagers pull, when, and, yes. and we get a lot of that in the Facebook group, don't we, Val? Where the like people oh, have yes. put the photo. It's like this is my son or my daughter, and they've all got that same face, like they yes. want to kill their parents. And it's like, oh, I know that face. It's like just got to stand there for ten minutes, honey, while I just test out my light. And they're like, oh, mom, so your embarrassing. Kids your kids won't even do that. I don't think. I don't think your kids have ever done that. What post for me? Like want yeah wanted to? Or, no, no. <laughs> it's like uh, when they were like. like what uh, I mean uh, is, you you know that, and therefore you don't even try. I don't even try. Or, and when I was like mm. eleven and I think seven and nine or something, I paid them twenty bucks <laughs> each to pose for a photo so that I could give it to their grandparents. That's you know? a lot of money. Oh, God. For an 11 year old. And, and anyway, so thank you so much, Paul. We really appreciate it. And if any other listeners have 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, we'd really be grateful because it certainly helps us in the rankings. Now, I understand that you have a useful link for us. Is that right? Uh, yeah, just from inspiration. And I look at this every day, and I think I may have mentioned it uh, before in the podcast, but I just want to remind uh, everyone again because I just find it so beautiful so in 500 pics uh there is a section that's, that's called 500 px.com there is a section called the editor's choice and it's basically the editors go through and they curate their favorite images of the day that have come in through 500 pics and like every day you get this series of really different varied images but they're really beautiful and it's i think it's um a really um good place to start the day for some inspiration um because there's always some amazing stuff in there i I love i love looking at this page you can actually set it a chrome user i think you can set it as your home page so whenever you open chrome it goes directly to that into the editor's pick as opposed to popular which is uh all the images that are popular and it's basically uh chicks okay great all right we'll put the link in the show notes which you can find at ginamilitia.com that's m-i-l-i-c-i-a but if you're desperate to get to it straight away it's 500 as in the number 500 and then px.com slash editors all right so let's move on now to how to find your photography niche this is a really good one because i think that a lot of people start off shooting everything which is fine in fact that's good that's that because you really do want to try different um, categories different genres different types of photography because it's only in trying that you find the one that is going to resonate with you most Uh, so yeah how to find your photography niche 
I, I think so, it's such an important one. Also from is. a marketing point of view because Absolutely a lot of well. people want to know that you're a specialist in that particular yes. area. So, okay, where do we start on this, Gina? Well, um, so like whenever, you know, you're at a dinner party or meeting someone new and you get asked that, you know, variably get asked that, that question eventually, uh, what do you do? And I always like I'll tell people I'm a photographer and the first thing people say is weddings. Do you shoot weddings? Because that's one of the most uh, common photography or well-known photography niches. So so when uh, you put the word photographer out there to uh, non-photographers, they, they will get this image of of a wedding photographer because that's probably uh, all fashion because that's the most experience they've ever had with a photographer, right? But there are, as you said, so many other uh, niches worth investigating. And I think like niche, that's an Australian pronunciation and pro- it's niche, isn't it? In, um, yes, in America niche, you say niche. 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 So when we say niche, we do we mean, mean niche. niche. But we're not but gonna we, say, we say niche, niche. Because that's too hard. It's just really weird for us to say that. Yeah. Niche. niche. But they're probably thinking how weird niche sounds. I like know. When I first accent. heard it, but like obviously it, people that have listened <laughs> now for a couple of years know that like I speak funny, so like I'm not I'm gonna your your, your <laughs> accent is a bit more clipped. You went to a proper school, Val. I went to a bogan school. You were probably taught elocution. You were probably – I can picture little Valerie with five books on her head getting made to walk around like so that they didn't fall off. Did they make you do that at school? Um, I don't think it was five books. Prop. It was probably oh, yeah. one book and that was <laughs> that was Speech Lessons with Mrs. Gig. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, it worked. <laughs> anyway, it worked. do um, go on. <laughs> So niche, there are there are lots niche. of niches. Like you know, um, some of the most common ones you might do like the headshot photography or sport yeah. or fine art, family portraits, mm. advertising, food, editorial, architecture. Right. So yeah. Um, there is a line of thinking, especially when photographers are starting out, that they're like having a niche or a specialty is not a good idea and like it is uh, in their uh, sort of best advantage to to shoot everything and tell everyone that you shoot everything because then you get all the work. So you shouldn't really specialise. You should just do everything. And mm-hmm. that's – not a great idea. It's great at the start and it's like you now with your um, art, Valerie. So what you seem to be doing is like you have, you know you love art and now yeah. what you're doing is you're dabbling in lots of different disciplines mm-hmm. or, or, or types of art to find out what is the one that's going to be your thing. So you've actually tried a whole host of stuff and at the moment you're sitting on uh, specialising in? Painting or macrame or weaving. And I have dabbled in crochet and brush lettering and a number of other Japanese shibori dyeing. Yeah, but you had to do all those other ones first, didn't you? Because you're not going to know because sometimes you think – that uh, like what's one that you thought on paper it looked really exciting but then when the the reality was that when you did it you like it just didn't connect with you it didn't gel brush lettering 
Brush lettering. So, yeah, so so I would think, oh, Val would really be into brush lettering because, you know, she's a writer, she loves words, lettering, mm. that would be right up your alley. Everyone would think that, right, mm. including you. And then yep. you did it and? It was okay. It was okay but it didn't like. Do it for me, no. Do it for you like macrame does, right? <laughs> You know, so so that's the thing. It's not until uh, you try something. So it's really important uh, as emerging photographers that you try and dab as many of the different issues as possible. So and and it, the reason that um, like when you start out, you want to try and get your handle over everything. So you think about when a doctor. Uh, studies, right? So a mm-hmm. GP, a, like a general medicine, they know a little bit about everything and that's how yeah. they do their family practice. So you come in and you've got a sore toe, a sore head, you've cut yourself or like, you know, a sore tummy or the measles. The GP uh, can prescribe the right medication for you, right? Yeah. But the doctor's that make the big bucks fell are the specialists. So, because what the G- the GP does is he's like, I think you've got a sore throat, but I think it might be like something that I can't fix. So I'm going to mm-hmm. refer you to a ear, nose, and throat specialist because he's gone on and studied for a few more years and learnt to specialise. And his thing is he under understands ear, nose, and throat, or a mm. surgeon who just knows how to operate. And then you can niche down further as a surgeon and just be like a brain surgeon or a knee reconstruction specialist like all they do day in day out is reconstruct knees and these guys are so good at it that like the most elite athletes in the world go to this guy and these like these these doctors are practically rock stars themselves because they're so specialized at what they do and the same yeah. with tradesmen Val like you can get a handyman to come and build your uh, a new uh, fascias for your or fix your roof so the possums don't get in anymore. What's a fascia? A fascia is the front part of the roof. So you've oh. got the tiles and then there's that timber bit. It's the fascia, Val, because uh, oh. I'm all up with uh, carpentry terms because that's what I'm dealing with at the moment. Um, okay. So you can get a handyman to I do that. I thought that, that was the get- helmet. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's not. <laughs> like, when is woodworking in, in Bellevue 2.0 upgrade happening? Yeah. Look at all those uh, terms. So you can get the handyman or you can get the tradesman. Uh, the You can get the tradesman handyman or you can get the specialist in the areas. Mm. And so, like, you know, you can – carpenters can be, like, handyman or you can get, like, niche, niche, niche where they're, they're like, niched all the way down. is, like – 18th century parquetry floors, or they only build mahogany cabinets. Now, they're specialists. They are known for that area. And so when someone just wants a mahogany cabinet, they go to Dave, Dave's mahogany cabinets. It doesn't sound as high end, does it, when it's got that? <laughs> oh, no. A more elite name for the mahogany cabinet business. So, um, Finding it's like 
you will make more money as a photographer if you specialize in a particular field rather than being out there and being the jack of all trades because you don't uh, get to hone and develop your skills. And I think the same thing happens for writers, Val. Like you've got writers who are general writers, but then there's writers who are like, you know, their specialty is horror or um, romance or and, mm. and that's what – that's what they're known for, right? Mm, yes, absolutely. So, for sure. uh, crime, um, fantasy, historical fiction, a lot of different areas of specialization. So, Val, when I started out as a photographer many, many years ago, I yes. instead, uh, because I was assisting for a, uh, a fashion advertising photographer, I thought that naturally that's what I wanted to do. And I did really uh, enjoy looking at fashion photography. I would read fashion magazines all the time and I loved like a lot of the fashion photographers. I was really into it. Um, um, and I kind of always said, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be a fashion photographer. I'm going to be a fashion photographer. And then when I started to do it, Val, I realized mm. that I didn't love it as much as I thought mm. I did because yes. I had an issue connecting. Uh, I needed to connect more with the model than I was able to do as a fashion photographer because I think uh, for fashion photography to be good, there is a bit of a disconnect. The model is sort of uh, – not there as a personality. The model is there uh, to carry the clothes. It's the clothes that have the personality. It's a celebration of this beautiful image. It's also a collaboration with the stylist and the hair and makeup artist. And that's where I started to have a problem because I never felt like the work was kind of mine. I felt like it was, uh, there was many different directions. So I did it and I did it for a long time and I thought I liked it until I started doing more celebrity portraits and then I realized oh my god I love this so much because (laughs) I could create the shot from the start and I had the opportunity to connect uh with the the person that I was shooting so like often uh it's a good idea to uh, start exploring all the different areas uh, of photography, test them all out because it's not until you do it that you're going to work out whether you love it or you don't. And it's like that's how I found out I really didn't like shooting food, Val. Okay, yes. <laughs> you know? Um, yes. And, 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 you know, a lot of it has to do with your personality, which we'll, we'll discuss later. So there, there are um, – like a lot of photographers that do very well in very select uh, select niches. Like in the music uh, industry, there's a photographer by the name of David Bergman who he spent uh, years photographing uh, John Bon Jovi's concert tours. Right? Oh, that was my gig. God. That's like, you know? oh, my God. His How job. That cool was his would resume. that be? Like, I love it. John Bon Jovi. <laughs> oh, I love him oh, so much. You do, Valerie. I he, love him. How many times have you dragged me? I mean, take, have I gone <laughs> fully with you to see John Bon Jovi? I, I love him. Times. Wow, I'm looking at this guy's website, which is davidbergman.net, and uh, looking at some of the Bon Jovi images, and it's like, wow, how cool would that be 
to be able to capture those images of John Bon Jovi. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so he's he, he, he's done a lot, and he's also very accomplished in sort of side industries as well that are related to the entertainment industry. So that's the thing. It's just like just because uh, I just want to say I'm sorry, I'm interrupting, but um, uh, this there's a book called Bon Jovi Colon Work. Uh, it's described as an extraordinary coffee table book that offers a rare behind-the-scenes look at the top touring rock band in the world by the band's official tour photographer, David Bergman, during two record-breaking world tours. I am getting that book. I'm, oh, my You're ordering it goodness. online now. Why don't you wait till I'm your birthday or gonna, something so then we've got an idea of what to get you, Val. <laughs> it just makes life easier. <laughs> Oh, my God. Like, look at some of the images are just, oh, my God, how cool. <laughs> it's just documenting history, isn't it? <laughs> it it's just documenting Wow, John bon 210 Jovi. pages. Yeah. I'm getting it. Okay, yeah. go on. Okay. No, it, it is. It's one that you should have on your shelf, Val. So, like, mm-hmm. there, there is a tiny, tiny niche that, like, you can uh, make a living just doing that. There's other photographers that make a living just doing uh, glamour or boudoir, and I think Sue Bryce uh, has made uh, an, an incredible uh, uh, career out of uh, shooting uh, glamour and boudoir. Architecture as well, Val, is a, uh, a very mm-hmm. narrow niche. And there's a photographer that we both know by the name of Tim Griffiths, who mm-hmm. uh, introduced um, you to me. And yes, uh, that's right. he was he's responsible for us uh, meeting, and uh, I think the rest is history. So we've got yeah. the, got a lot to thank Tim for. But Tim, thanks, Tim. Yeah is the most extraordinary uh, architectural photographer. His work is incredible and he he travels the world. Like uh, he's based in San Francisco, Singapore, Australia, China, and he, he basically just flies around the world photographing incredible buildings. But the thing about Tim is – I think very early on in my career, I finally, watching him work, I finally understood what it meant to be a real photographer. And it, like he would find a location and go back and go back and go back and go back. And he was never satisfied until the light was just right. So it was, wasn't a matter of like, oh, here's a building. I'm going to go there at, 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 at dawn and shoot it. It's like, no, he'd go four dawns in a row. And then like I've seen, I, I watched him in the dark room. He spent an entire night. He reprinted the same image like a hundred times until he was a hundred percent happy with the tone and the look of it. Mm. So like, you know, amazing. Check out his site. Cause he's, his stuff's really good. So he just does architecture. That's his niche. There's a bit mm. of side work that comes from that. He might get the odd corporate portrait from the head of the company who owns the building that he's photographing mm. or a little bit of lifestyle. But when people think of who is the best architecture photographer in the world, they think of Tim. And on his website, what do you see? Architecture. That's it. Yeah. You know, yeah. there aren't weddings, there aren't anything. So uh, another little niche that I think is really cool is uh, Luke Shadbolt. Uh, he, he spends his life uh, photographing surf and um, yes. underwater and nature photography. 
Yes, he is a photographer based on the Central Coast here in New South Wales. And, yes, he does a lot of uh, uh, water photography. I've seen him, I see his stuff from time to time. Yeah, so, like, that's just another little niche as well. So mm. there, there are heaps. So, Val, how do we get into um, this sort of uh, how do you find your niche and um, um, – the question is like people wonder well how niche do they need to be right so and right it's not what do you mean you, how niche well, like we're sitting here saying well if you want to like uh be easier to find and if you want to um uh be that specialist so that you're getting the big bucks like mm-hmm. how far do you need to niche down? And it's not like you can, like there are lots of really bizarre uh, photography niches as well, but it doesn't need to be like you don't need to go that you only shoot left-handed football players, right, with red hair because that's a bit <laughs> – I would do that. Yeah, I know you would. Yes. <laughs> no, I would because have. Because they've like, got red hair. In case I'd, you haven't realised, everyone, Gina has a thing about red hair. Do. I yeah. find it really I find mm-hmm. it incredibly sexy. Um, yes, I know. <laughs> so anyway, go on. <laughs> but they're like so but but you can make uh, a decent living just having your specific niche. Like so something like um you can be in film stills or frozen foods or You mean like, you photograph frozen food? Yeah, the, like in, that in is the packet? all they do. Yes. So the, <laughs> their their job is to just photograph frozen food, Val. That in is the their specialty well, it's still advertising. Frozen. No, so they do the pack <laughs> shots for the outside of frozen food. And it oh. really is a skill. Uh, food photography, uh, like there are so many different levels. There is the Instagram level where it's just like hold your iPhone up over, use natural light Mm. and uh, take the shot, which is good. But if you want to get like, you know, go to the top, 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 top end, they might spend three or four days lighting a shot. Like, you know, next time you go to the Golden Arches, have a look at their food photography. Because I go there all the time, yeah. And, um you know that even like fast food photography to get it to look that good like the that you look at it and you think i could i could probably eat one of those that that's how yes, good in the fact, photography is the, in actual fact the person who introduced who's directly responsible for introducing us was uh was before tim griffiths it was actually a food photographer and that food photographer suggested tim and then tim uh put me in contact with you so wow. that food photographer i remember going to quite a lot of shoots and it is such a, a science and such an art mm. real food photography not instagram food photography no. but actual food photography you simply cannot eat the food because they are putting hairspray on it they are making they're doing things to it to make the steam rise you cannot eat the food almost all the time after you have done the food photography because so much stuff has been done to it to make it um, glossy or to make it look warm or to make it glisten or to make it you know look make the um 
the the crisps or the fries, uh, whatever country you're from, it's yeah. called different things, to make the fries um, look like they've just stepped out of the oil kind of thing. So it's uh, it's it's quite a specific skill. You can't just be you can't just love food. You actually need to know the techniques to make the food do these things. Exactly, mm. and the production value on those shoots is amazing. So, like, mm. they, they are lit. They look like daylight, but there's, you know, there might be 15 lights involved, right? Yeah. And it's like a lot of uh, lighting, pre-lighting, pre-testing. And it's like the difference, Val, between um, a daylight uh, Instagram um, photographer that's just shooting with daylight will get a certain look to their portraits, but what happens when uh, the light goes away or it's overcast, they can't quite get that look. But like a photographer that knows how to light and a high-end um, portrait photographer that lights their shots is always going to have that advantage and always going to have a, a slightly more high-end look to their yeah. images. So I think it's really important that um, uh, there are times when daylight is amazing, but if you can um, make it a point to really learn to master lighting, then, you know, you can do anything. And like these, uh, believe it or not, Val, shooting working with food a food photographer for sharing a studio for a long time and watching how they work I picked up quite a few uh, techniques uh, from what the food photography was doing and applied them to um, my portrait photography which is really interesting you'd, you'd think you know the two different styles would be very different but there was a way that uh, the food photographer used grit spots that I'm like you know what that would look really good in a portrait and so that's why I started working in that way. So like changing, um, testing out different um, uh, photographic niches, you can bring those skills into the one that you end up doing yourself. So I've also learned mm. from architectural photographers uh, and that's how I, um, I, I bring some of those techniques into my lifestyle and also uh, watching uh, shooting film stills and TV stills, I also have brought that knowledge into my uh, celebrity photography as well. So all really handy skills, like the carpenter who starts out knowing how to bang the nails into the wood. Val, have you done that yet in your carpentry course? Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I've also used a jigsaw. It's oh my really god! Cool. I've got yeah. a jigsaw. I've got a jigsaw yeah. and a drop saw. And what other yep. power tools? I've got quite a good collection. Um, all Why right, have you got so, a jigsaw? Because I, I, I like just in case I need to cut something else out, you know. Okay. And a drop okay. saw and a circular saw. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So the to find your niche, I think it's a really good idea to have a think about um, what are your interests outside photography because the skills that you have that may have nothing to do with photography, you would be surprised how important they are going to end up being on set or these could help define your niche. So maybe you are a lover of sport uh, or you played a lot of sport. Uh, 
what as a, could be a natural progression for that because, like, you understand, you can anticipate the game. It's pointless someone who hates sport, doesn't understand it, then being sent to stand in the sidelines of these amazing, you know, sporting games and going, oh, my God, I'm so bored, I couldn't care less and I don't even know what the rules are or where the ball is. But if you are a fan of sport – of being a sport photographer could be a great niche, right? The other it's one, also a great entry point. So if you're already in the in the industry or in that world or in that community, it's a wonderful way to get your foot in the door if you're just starting out because you don't you're not call, you know calling them cold and saying, "Hey, can I shoot your matches?" You you already have an in. So it's a great way to exactly. to start out. Exactly. Uh, you may be a fan of uh, theatre or music or, in your case, musical theatre, Val. So, like, for you, I could see you photographing musical theatre and just, like, loving it, singing along, knowing all the words. Knowing yeah, all the words. <laughs> that makes sense because, like, you're so into it. You love the art of acting. You appreciate it. Um, and I think if you love something, you're going to do a better job photographing that thing um yeah and on that point I would like to say to people that I have often met people who say oh but I love it and therefore I don't want to work in it and I go what and then they say because if I work on it then I'll I might not love it anymore. And I said, and I just say to that, that's a complete cop out. If you get to work in what you love, you will only love it more. Exactly. Uh, it's it's ridiculous to think, oh, I, I shouldn't do that because then I, I won't love it as much. That's just, if you already love it, you will only love it more if you are able to delve into it further. So don't ever use that as an excuse for not combining um, your, your photography with your passions. Exactly. Now, Val, in the um, podcast community, there are a lot of uh, people who are onto their second career or transitioning in, into photography They and yeah. they may have already had a 20-year career doing something else. That everything you have done until this point is leading you to the next point in your life. So there are people who maybe you have uh, worked as a teacher all your life. That in itself is a great skill for working with people because um, having really? taught, you know how to um, how to direct really well. And, I, I mean, w- before I started Photography Val, I was actually doing a teaching course. I thought I was going to be an art teacher. Um, and the, the course actually taught me uh, how to communicate information really well and I think I attribute that course to uh, learning, uh, giving me the edge in directing and helping me um, have confidence in front of large groups and uh, doing all of that. So that I think that was a big help. So maybe if you've taught in the past or you've come from that area and you love kids, then obviously natural progression, children's photography because you know how to talk to them. There's a real art and skill to photographing children. Um, Also, you may be a mother who has already raised children, therefore you already, or you have young children. Uh, I think that that's a good entry point because you're going to have um, lots of people around you with with kids your age and you've got uh, the ability to network through the school and things like that. So that's a good way to entry into that, the kid photography niche. Um, Mm -hmm. 
A hopeless romantic makes a great wedding photographer, and I think that's really important that you uh, actually love the whole uh, idea of weddings and uh, the whole notion of, uh, you know, that beautiful day and union and love and all of that. Um, there's nothing worse than seeing a jaded wedding photographer, Val, mm, yeah. who just like d- d- doesn't want to be there, hates the whole day, and it's it's mm. really sad. So, But when, when you see – I saw a post – uh, by a photographer the other day who shared a, a tight shot of uh, he actually said whispered something to the groom told him to say something to the bride and mm. then he pulled back with his camera and zoomed in and waited for the reaction and the groom said something to his bride and the bride started to cry and he just like he captured this beautiful moment right and it's just like you don't think of things like this if you don't care mm. Mel mm-hmm. and so yeah. you know if if you are that kind of person then maybe you are cut out for doing weddings and if you've got that sort of passion and love for for each couple you're going to make a great wedding photographer um mm. just one more Val a trekker like if you're like that great outdoorsy mm. kind of person and and you love trekking and you don't mind, um, I can't picture you. No. This is like a genre that we can just like scratch off your day. So what you have to do, Val, is you're going to get up at – Three hours before dawn, like you nah. can at the base of the mountain, get up three nah. hours before dawn, trek with your gear on your back, climbing nah. up to the top of the mountain to get there just in time as the sun's peeking over the mountain. That in itself is a special skill. But like having that trekking background and already a lover of nature, you're already in tune. It's a natural transition to then photograph what you see. And mm. I think a lot of great landscape photographers also have have that um, in them. Yeah, or, definitely. Uh, a couple of other things to uh, think about is um, – what like you know if you're a portrait there's no point being a portrait photographer if you don't like people and believe me Valerie I've seen portrait photographers who are working but they don't like people and it makes it really difficult and those uh kind of um and it's okay to not like people but maybe try not to make he's going to put a lot of stress on yourself if you make that your job so you don't have to photograph people to make a living as a photographer so maybe products is uh something that you would enjoy more because you're on your own with the products and um you don't have to deal with people all the time and you know same with uh fashion photography it's very hard hard to be a fashion photographer if you have no interest in fashion or um, you don't understand it. Um, It's Mm. very difficult. I think that's a really important thing. Um, You also need to think about where you live and if there is a market for your particular niche. So like, you know, let's say you were living in Silicon Valley, then I mean, what a great place to shoot profile pics because there's all these startups wanting to get out there. They need uh, that sort of photography, so that would be uh, a great area. Or if you lived in Hollywood, I reckon there would be a great market for headshots there somehow. Um, mm-hmm. Or if you're living in an, um, an area that there's lots of uh, secondary schools, then you could start a good uh, senior portrait um, photography business. Uh, you know, it's pointless having a niche as a ski photographer if you're living in the outback, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so um, 
And again, like think about your prior skills. So ex-athlete, shoot sport. Ex-dancer, maybe you could be shooting dance. You know, love movies, then maybe the entertainment industry is for you. Uh, So like think about those sorts of things. Now, personality traits, Val, are also really important. So uh, I reckon you, Valerie Koo, if I had to say what genre I would have you, there's two that spring to mind. One would be uh, pet photography. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> because I know you would just be so into, oh my god, they're so you would be so into it. You would be having conversations with everyone. You would yes. be, you know, be so present and and into it. So I imagine that you would take the time and really, really love it. The other mm. thing that I like, I know, as uh, with your editor's hat, you are so detail orientated. Like you spot the little mistakes, like the comma missing, all the stuff that I never see, right? So (laughs) you would probably make a really good product photographer because you see that like the bottle on the left is five millimetres in closer than the bottle on the right. So someone who orientated very good product photographer. So this is a personality trait that you want to think about. It's pointless. Um, like I can do products, Val, I can shoot them. If someone says, can you shoot these products? Yes, but there's something a bit amiss about them. They're a bit loose mm. in the style because that's how I shoot. And I get frustrated because I need to be having a conversation with whatever with it is photographing. Yeah. So I struggle. I um, think the important thing also to remember, for people to remember, is that often it makes it makes absolutely perfect sense, all of the things that you've just said, and people should certainly think of niching in the areas that they have experience in or the areas that have, you know, they have skill in or the areas that they quite simply enjoy. But yeah. what I know that there's a group of people out there who feel that they need to, while that's important, they also feel that they need to get better at the things that they aren't that great at. Mm. And that's just a certain type of person who thinks, okay, I'm not great at nighttime photography, so I'm going to work my guts out to improve those skills so that I can improve my skills as a photographer. But I think that, um, and you'll know if you are that certain type of person, you'll know if I'm speaking to you because you could spend 200 hours then improving yourself at night photography and still not really love it because I think a very important thing to realize is that your genius is what comes naturally to you. And so if you have a particular leaning in a direction and you find it easy, it doesn't actually mean it's easy. It could actually be really hard for me or it could really be hard for somebody else. You just happen to find it easy and maybe the easy things are the things that are good pointers for you to head in that direction of your niche because, as I said, your genius is what comes naturally to you. So is that have a think about Val? that. Is that your quote that, or is that where's that quote from? Your genius uh, is what comes naturally. It's beautiful. I don't know. It just resonates. Did you just make that up? I have no idea, Gina. Your genius bell is what comes naturally to you. That that, that just yes. like that is lovely. Oh my god, I've made a Gina Militia quote. Oh my it's god, it's so nice. I really like that. Gina likes my quote like, for the first that. time in my this life. Is, but this is the one thing that, like, whenever I'm watching someone who is like uh, at the top of their game, you, the first thing you notice is, oh my god. 
they make it look so easy. It looks yeah. so effortless. <laughs> oh, that's Gary. Oh. Hi, Gary. Uh, arriving or sneaking come, in. Come join us, Gary. I think, Gary that's, I think that's a sign. What's it? That's a sign. Um, <laughs> that we've come to the end of um, yeah. this week's so, episode. <laughs> so just to finish, Val, once you've discovered your niche, um, I think like don't don't freak out. Like you you want to um, you want to put that uh, uh, on your website. So so your specialty is like uh, products or your people photographer or you're an architecture photographer that's what you share on the website but it's okay to do the other stuff because like we you know as an emerging photographer or someone starting out you've still got to feed yourself and pay the rent so um it's not that you're going to say no to all the other stuff that will come along just because when people hear you're a photographer they're going to offer you weddings or their baby portraits so by all means keep shooting all that stuff it's great to hone your skills just don't have advertise the fact that you're doing it you don't need to put your weddings up there next to your beautiful architecture shots because it just confuses everyone you know so just yeah focus on what your brand is what you want it to be and uh you know find your niche and work it out and and to, and to help you find your niche in summary um basically look at your skills for in the first instance secondly look at your passions and that might give you a clue and third look at what comes easy to you and hopefully you'll find the niche that is going to rocket you as a photographer exactly what is this week's hashtag gina challenge gina and of course every week we have a hashtag gina challenge where we think of a particular topic and everyone uploads their photo they interpret the topic however they like and they upload their photo into the um into the podcast community on facebook just search for so you want to be a photographer podcast community on facebook and click to join we'd love to see you in there and um yeah what's the topic for this week uh, niche, Val, or niche, or however you want to say it. <laughs> All right, so it's hashtag Gina Challenge, hashtag niche or niche, <laughs> and um, uh, hashtag your photos with that. Uh, tag your photos with that, and uh, we'll be able to see what you come up with. We'd love to. We'd love to see it. And also, we just want to give a shout out to a new course that is about to be released: uh, How to Master Manual Mode and Get Off Auto Forever, and Register your interest. It's going to be an awesome one at ginamilitia.com slash manual. And um, you won't regret it. It's awesome. Anyway, until we chat again, where do we find you online, Gina? I'm at ginamilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. And you can find me on Instagram at ginamilitia and Twitter and uh, and um, Tumblr and <laughs> Everything and else. every social media platform there is. Pinterest, everything. <laughs> All right. Uh, you'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, feel free to connect with me on Facebook. I'm the Valerie Koo that lives in Sydney. And, of course, you'll find all of the show notes and uh, an opportunity to sign up for Gina's awesome newsletter at ginamilitia.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, 
and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMalaysia.com.